Do atheists have faith? Do atheists believe in miracles? Well, they would say no. No, but today we'll reveal five atheist miracles on Creation Magazine Live. It's reasonable and logical to be a Christian, and we'll discuss yet another reason why on today's podcast. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. My name is Richard Fangrad. And I'm Matt Bondi. This week on Creation Magazine Live, our topic is about atheist faith in miracles. Uh, magical events and circumstances completely outside the realm of science that atheists believe. Yes, atheists often promote themselves as intelligent and logical and scientific and rational. They've, they've even proposed, they've got this proposal to call themselves brights. Um, the, the, the aggressive new atheists like Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris and company, they like to portray those of us who believe in a supernatural creator as irrational and unscientific and, and unintelligent, ignorant, or even needing help, as Dawkins suggests. Yeah, and, and movies and TV shows often reinforce these stereotypes by portraying uh, religious people, especially Christians and church leaders, as you know, buffoons or hillbillies and almost never as, say, university professors or, or scientists, for right. example. Yeah. But does reality support those portrayals? I mean, Isaac Newton, the greatest scientific mind of all time, he was a Christian believer, right. as were many of the other founders of modern science. And there are a great many scientists today mm -hmm. who are Christians as well. Actually, over 65% of Nobel Prize winners in the last millennium were Christians, mm -hmm. while only 7% were atheists or agnostics. Wow. Yeah, and surveys have consistently shown that people with a strong adherence to the Bible's authority are the least likely to be superstitious. Mm -hmm. and of course, that's because Christians' faith counters superstitious thinking, like uh, believing in astrology or, or luck or things like that. Right, yeah. One atheist said that he was uneasy with the fact that, quote, some of the most intelligent and well-informed people he knew were Christians. <laughs> so, no, Christians, people who believe the Bible are not uh, in general, any more irrational or unscientific than non-Christians. <laughs> That's right. But today, we're actually focusing on what atheists believe. Right. Yep. You know, atheists believe that everything came about by purely natural processes. Uh, so the universe, life, the mind, morality, it all developed without a supernatural creator. Uh, but is that belief rational and scientific? <laughs> this is going to be fun. No, it isn't rational and scientific. We're going to cover five areas where they actually believe in miracles. And just to define it a little bit further, uh, they believe in miracles without any reasonable cause for the miracles. So, of course, no supernatural being capable of performing miracles. In other words, they believe in magic. That's, that's beyond miracles. Magic or the occurrence of things without a sufficient cause. Yeah, but things don't happen without something to cause them to happen. Of course. Okay, so the first of these five atheist miracles is the origin of the universe. So materialists or atheists uh, once tried to believe that the universe was eternal to raise the question of where it came from. The famous British atheist Bertrand Russell, for example, took that particular position, but it just doesn't work. The, the progress of scientific knowledge about thermodynamics, for example, means that virtually everyone has been forced to acknowledge that the universe had a beginning, somewhere, sometime. Now, the Big Bang idea acknowledges this, and ideas like the multiverse only put the beginning more remotely. But don't get rid of the pesky problem. Yeah, the Big Bang attempts to explain the beginning of the universe, but what did it begin from, and what caused it to begin? 
Ultimately, it couldn't have come from a matter-energy source, the same sort of stuff as our universe, because that matter-energy would also be subject to the same physical laws and would therefore decay. Mm -hmm. it, it would have to have a beginning too, just further back in time. Yeah, so the atheist answer is, it had to come from nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so nothing became everything with no cause whatsoever. Now, that's not science, that's magic. Yeah. Uh, I'm not making this up, by the way. This was actually <laughs> proclaimed on the front cover of Discover magazine back in April of 2002. It says, the universe burst into something from absolutely nothing, zero nada. And as it got bigger, it became filled with even more stuff that came from absolutely nowhere. How is that possible? Ask Alan Guth. His theory of inflation helps explain everything. Wow, that is quite the theory. <laughs> Physicist uh, Lawrence Krauss, one of the loud new atheists, uh, has tried to explain how everything came from nothing, even wrote a book about it. Yeah. And, uh, but what he calls a nothing is it, it, it's a quantum vacuum, which is not actually nothing. A matter, energy, quantum something has exactly the same problem as an eternal universe. It cannot have persisted for eternity in the past. So all their theorizing only applies after the universe, which, which is obviously something, exists. Back to square one. Yeah, yeah. For more details on that, and especially if you've read his book, uh, there's a book review that was published in our Journal of Creation, and it's now online at creation.com slash kraus-review. Uh, it gives insights on why a universe from nothing doesn't work. Materialists have no explanation for the origin of the universe beyond it happened because we're here. And that's often the excuse that well, we're here, so it must have happened. Yeah, that's right. That's magic. <laughs> it, that's just like the rabbit out of the hat. But with the universe, that's one humongous rabbit. <laughs> yeah, and there are other aspects of the Big Bang that are also miraculous <laughs> yes. or believed to have happened without a known cause. Uh, the current standard Big Bang model has a period of very fast, rapid expansion called inflation. And that's what uh, Alan Guth uh, was trying to explain in that Discovery Magazine article. But, but it's got some problems. Yes, for example, there's no known cause for the initiation of this supposed expansion, uh, no known cause for it to stop, and no known physical mechanism for the extremely rapid expansion, which is many orders of magnitude faster than the speed of light. But these three associated miracles must have happened or the Big Bang doesn't work. Yeah, on the other hand, the Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right. Now, this is not magic because God, who is eternal and omnipotent, is a sufficient cause for the universe. Now, atheists like Lawrence Krauss don't have a sufficient cause to explain the origin of the universe. That's one of the five atheist miracles. Yeah, and, and by the way, the reason that God can exist eternally is because he is a non-material entity. God is a spirit, as the Bible says in many places. He's not made of matter and energy, the, the stuff that the universe is made out of. So he's not subject to the laws of thermodynamics. Hmm. Okay, number two in the list of five atheist miracles is the origin of stars. According to the Big Bang, uh, there had to have been two phases of star formation. Phase one involved the formation of hydrogen helium stars. Uh, these are called population three stars. Now here's the first problem. In a rapidly expanding primordial universe, how do you get the gases that form to come together to form a critical mass so that there's enough gravitational attraction to attract more gas to grow a star? 
That's right. Yeah, gases don't tend to come together with, no. without gravity. They disperse, right. especially where there's a huge amount of energy, like heat, for example. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, get ready for more magic. Here you go. Ready? Introducing dark matter. The invisible, undetectable stuff that just happens to generate a lot of gravitational attraction just where it's needed. Wow. <laughs> Convenient. Yes. But, but, but wait, there's more. There are countless stars like our sun that are not just hydrogen helium, but contain heavier elements. Phase two supposedly comes in here. Exploding stars, the way the story goes, supernovas from phase one produce sufficient pressure to force hydrogen and helium together to make new stars that, that then made all the heavier elements, which astronomers call metals, including the elements that, uh, that we're made out of. And now these are called population one and two stars. Okay, but here's another problem. How do exploding stars, with matter flying at great speed in all directions, cause stars made of all those new elements to form? Right. There has to be a coming together of the elements, not a flying apart. <laughs> Pieces hitting one another would bounce off rather than coalesce. Uh, most hypotheses involve multiple supernovas from phase one in close proximity so that enough material collided together to form enough protostar with enough gravity to overcome the tendency to fly apart. Then that attracted more matter, and that's what grew the normal star, supposedly. That's the theory. Now here comes the magic. <laughs> Supernovas aren't common events, no. especially multiple ones at the same time in close proximity. This scenario needs a huge number of very improbable events to account for the vast number of the heavier stars. But the non-theist has to believe this miracle of probability, otherwise we wouldn't be here. <laughs> that this is more magic. In other words, it's miracles without a miracle worker. Okay, back to reality. <laughs> well, God tells us in the Bible that he made the sun and the stars on the fourth day of creation week. Again, this is not magic or superstition because God is able to do things outside of or above what the natural world does. God is supernatural. Yes, okay, number three is the origin of life. Uh, astrobiologist Professor Paul Davies said, how did stupid atoms spontaneously write their own software? Nobody knows. <laughs> there is no known law of physics able to create information from nothing. Okay, so he admits the problem that he and others who believe in evolution have to believe as part of their history, leading up to how we all got here. Right. Yeah. And not only does the origin of the DNA code need to be explained without intelligent design, but also the incredible machinery that reads the information and creates the components of life from that information. Yes, yeah, former hard-nosed English atheist philosopher Anthony Flew abandoned atheism and materialism because of the growing evidence for design in living things, from this area of science specifically. He was an atheist who gave up believing in magic, basically. He said this, it now seems to me that the findings of more than 50 years of DNA research have provided materials for a new and enormously powerful argument to design. And he also said this research has shown by the almost unbelievable complexity of the arrangements which are needed to produce life that intelligence must have been involved. What an admission. Yeah, that's right. Uh, only an incredibly intelligent designer could account for the information systems in living things. Yes. Well-known American atheist philosopher Thomas Nagel said, 
What is lacking to my knowledge is a credible argument that the story of cosmic evolution has a non-negligible probability of being true. There are two questions. First, given what is known about the chemical basis of biology in genetics, what is the likelihood that self-reproducing life forms should have come into existence spontaneously on the early Earth, solely through the operation of laws of physics and chemistry? Okay, the scientific knowledge of life grows daily. It just grows in leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. And as it does, the prospects of a naturalistic, in other words, a materialistic, atheistic explanation for the origin of life recede into oblivion. Yeah, science is telling us that the origin of life requires something outside of natural laws that govern the universe. Yes. In other words, yeah. science supports theism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you study life and, and nature, the conclusion of that study is that life could not have arisen from nature. The origin of life demands a super intelligent cause, such as the Creator God revealed in the Bible. There we go, yeah. For the atheist, it's more magic. <laughs> they, they, they must believe in effects without causes. That's magic. Yeah, it's magic. Exactly. Okay, number four in our list of five atheist miracles is the origin of the diversity of life. You see, more magic is needed right after the magic needed for the origin of life. <laughs> the origin of life is only the beginning of the problem that the materialists have. Along with the other atheistic biologists, Richard Dawkins has spent his life trying to deny that living things exhibit supernatural design. Yeah, yeah. In, in a book, that, the, the book that put him on the map, uh, he wrote this. Biology is the study of complicated things that give the appearance of having been designed for a purpose. <laughs> Wait, is, are, should that be a blooper? Like in his, are we doing bloopers here? No, that's not like, what he wrote, what, is it? That's what he wrote. It is what, it is what he wrote. Uh, we, we could mention something here about not seeing forests and trees oh, and that, yeah. that sort of thing. It's just amazing. Yeah, his design is just so obvious. It is. I mean, yeah. just as God says it is in Romans 1, uh, his attributes as the designer, the creator, are clearly seen in the things that he's made. Uh, so much so that anyone who rejects God has no excuse. Uh, in other words, they can't say... I don't know you existed. Yeah, right. Ultimately, everyone knows God exists. And then Romans 1 goes on to talk about how people will suppress the truth about God and elevate nature, the material world, pretending that it can create itself and, and other ideas. Yeah, but it can't. It can't create itself yeah. without uh, the miraculous. Uh, now, since Christians know that there's a capable miracle worker, no problem. But for atheists, things like uh, the great diversity of life that we see on Earth, that requires magic. That's right, yeah. How did a microbe change itself into every living thing on Earth, ranging from earwigs to elephants, from mites to mango trees? <laughs> uh, for almost 100 years, mutations and natural selection, the, the mechanisms of neo-Darwinism, or the modern synthesis, have been put forth to explain the diversity of life. But with our modern knowledge of living things, as science has progressed, this has proved useless mm. as an explanation. Yeah, that's true. You know, in July 2008, 16 high-profile evolutionists met by invitation um, in Attenberg, Austria. Now, they met because they realized that mutations and natural selection do not explain the diversity of life. And they wanted to discuss this crisis in evolutionary biology. The only consensus was, yeah, this is indeed a big problem. <laughs> yes, yeah, and we're, we're planning on doing a future episode yeah. about that meeting to highlight what they concluded. Number four of five atheist miracles, the origin of the diversity of life. We quoted Thomas Nagel earlier, uh, continuing from the earlier quote. He says, the second question is about the sources of variation in the evolutionary process that was set in motion once life began. 
in the available geological time since the first life forms appeared on earth, what is the likelihood that as a result of a physical accident, a sequence of viable genetic mutations should have occurred that was sufficient to permit natural selection to produce the organisms that actually exist? And that's a good question. It is a good question. And, and here's an example to illustrate why this is such a head-scratcher. Think of uh, the supposed origin of humans from a chimp-like ape in, in six million evolutionary years. Uh, comparison of the genomes show huge differences, at least 20%. This just isn't feasible, even with highly unrealistic assumptions in favor of evolution to generate that amount of difference in that time frame. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even feasible when the difference was incorrectly trumpeted to be about uh, 1% difference. Right, uh, yeah. You know, that still adds up to 30 million base pairs or chemical letter differences. Uh, so that's a huge problem for an evolutionary scenario of random mutations and natural selection over supposedly six million years. Right, yeah, materialists have no sufficient explanation or cause for the diversity of life. There's, there's a mind-boggling number of miracles here, not just one. Every basic type of life form is a miracle. That's true, you know, Genesis 1 tells us that God, the all-powerful, all-knowing creator, made the various kinds of life to reproduce after their kind. And there's the answer. So here again is a sufficient cause, yeah. which has been confirmed with every witness reproductive event. Uh, you know, billions of humans alone, for example. Right. And also in the fossil record where the supposed transitional fossils are missing. Uh, there are thousands of species of fossils that are supposedly millions of years old, but they're identical to those creatures that are alive today. So these living fossils are clearly consistent with the after their kind type of reproduction. Right, yeah. And that brings us to number five of the five atheist miracles, the origin of mind and morality. To get mind and morality from energy and atoms has long been a problem for the materialist. A fig tree produces figs, not apples. That's right. <laughs> okay, that, I know that, that seems obvious, it seems obvious. <laughs> and physics and chemistry produce physical and chemical outcomes. Okay. Uh, but mind and morality, those aren't just matters of physics and chemistry. Right, yeah, sure, but creatures that are physical and chemical have mind and morality, but how did these non-material things arise from the material? This is a serious problem for materialism. And atheist Thomas Nagel, who we quoted from just a few minutes ago, candidly admits it to the extreme annoyance of his, his atheistic colleagues. Yeah, the famous uh, and at first reluctant uh, con convert to, from atheism to Christianity, C.S. Lewis, he put it well when he wrote, If the solar system was brought about by an accidental collision, then the appearance of organic life on this planet was also an accident, and the whole evolution of man was an accident too. If so, then all our present thoughts are mere accidents the accidental byproduct of the movement of atoms. And this holds for the thoughts of the materialist and astronomers, as well as for anyone else's. But if their thoughts, i.e. of materialism and astronomy, are merely accidental byproducts, why should we believe them to be true? I see no reason for believing that one accident should be able to give me a correct account of all the other accidents. Right. It's like expecting that the accidental shape taken by the splash when you upset a milk jug should give you a correct account of how the jug was made and why it was upset. Yeah, the atheist has no <laughs> sufficient cause to explain the existence of mind and morality. Having effects without causes requires magic. And that raises the question, why do apparently intelligent people 
resort to believing in magic, un uncaused events at so many points? Mm. And the answer is, by not believing in God, they've, they've painted themselves into an irrational philosophical corner, in a sense. Yeah, that's right. You know, Romans 1.21 says that when people deny that the Creator God exists, they end up with uh, futile thinking. Yeah. Now, we've discussed uh, plenty of that in just these five areas of the atheist creation story. Yeah, and yet scientists who have swallowed evolution will admit that they'll believe it, even if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Richard Lewontin, uh, one of the world's leaders in evolutionary biology, admitted that, leaving God out of the picture, we take the side of science in spite of the patent absurdity of some of its constructs. Wow. <laughs> now, no, that he confuses science with materialism, right. uh, and, he, and he admits that uh, when he gives the reasoning for accepting absurdities. He says, because we have a prior commitment, a commitment to materialism. There we go. And that materialism is absolute, for we cannot allow a divine foot in the door. So he'll censor out any conclusion that points to God. It's sad. Wow. G.K. Chesterton, he said, When men choose not to believe in God, they do not thereafter believe in nothing. They then become capable of believing in anything. Mm. So it's not that atheists lack faith. On the contrary, they will have great faith. And that faith, as we've seen, lacks a foundation. Believing that the material universe can produce all that we see is an example of this futile thinking that right. Romans 1 describes. Yeah. Now, there are many more that we could have added, and maybe you can think of some yourself. Uh, but the point yeah. here is that atheism requires a lot of faith. Yes, and it requires faith in something that can't produce the universe and everything in it. Uh, the scientific laws that govern the operation of the universe are incapable of producing the universe. On the other hand, God made man in his image, a creature with mind and morality, and because of that, we're able to think about God and know him. Yeah, and that really brings us to a conclusion. Uh, we've hammered on a major deficiency in atheism mm -hmm. uh, for a purpose. Uh, the purpose is firstly to show that atheism is irrational, that it's incapable of rationally explaining the existence of the universe, but more importantly, to offer a solution. That's right, and the solution is that God, who's capable of operating outside the universe he created, that is outside of the laws that he put in place to govern the operation of the universe, God created the universe. That's the solution. Exactly, but you might say, well, I don't believe in God. I don't believe he exists. Okay. Uh, but your other option is believing in magic, mm. effects without causes. Whichever way you slice it, both positions, both theistic and atheistic, take faith. That's right. You can't get away from faith. The real question is, which faith is more reasonable? Yeah, can we offer this suggestion for those of you who question God's existence? Examine the evidence for God's existence with an open mind. We did a show a few weeks ago titled, Does God Exist? You could start there. It's a good place to start. Yeah, you know, Isaiah 1.18 records God speaking uh, to the people of Israel who had turned away from him. It says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. You know, trying to live life as if God doesn't exist is really the ultimate rebellion. It's the ultimate sin. And it's also bad logic. It is, yeah. You know, it's logical to believe that the design we see all around us is the result of a designer. Yes, yeah. And the good news is that God is in the forgiving, the forgiving business. Amen. For those who will admit their error and seek Him... Now the Bible says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. 
Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Yeah, you see, Jesus Christ came into the world to make possible our forgiveness. Now, how can you ensure that your sins are forgiven? Just turn to Christ. Yeah. And how do you do that? Well, it begins by changing your mind about God, mm -hmm. uh, believing that he is who he says he is, and understanding that Jesus paid the price for sin on the sinner's behalf through his death. Yes, but he didn't stay dead. That's right. He rose from the dead, proving that he'd paid the price for sin, and then he conquered death. Jesus' death and resurrection are facts of history. Many have tried to explain away those events, and instead, they've become Christ followers. Mm -hmm. Turn to Christ. That's the next step. And you can read more details on our website at creation.com slash goodnews. Yeah, many people, including many scientists, had to work through some questions about, uh, you know, different details in their minds before becoming Christians. Right, yeah. And maybe that's where you're at. Um, in that case, explore our website. There are well over 10,000 articles there that show how creation makes much more sense than evolution. Yes. You know, Christianity, it's an evidence-based faith. And science supports scripture. Creation Magazine Live is a production of Creation Ministries International, the publisher of Creation Magazine and the minds behind creation.com. If you want to chip in to support our ministry, go to creation.com slash donate. And thanks for listening.